Many of Taiwan's hotels and restaurants feel packed these days. So much so that rates are high, and it's difficult to get a place without any prior planning. In fact, it's so busy it may be difficult for us to remember that it was only in February of this year that the government finally lifted the mask mandates for restaurants and indoor dining, and that's three years after COVID-19 first appeared. It's also difficult to remember that Taiwan's hotel and restaurant industry was battered by restrictions government imposed to keep COVID-19 from spreading. Those restrictions forced many of us to pivot away from eating out to relying on deliveries and apps like Uber Eats and Food Panda to get our meals delivered to our doorstep. In Taiwan Talk this week, different voices from the food and hotel industry join us to talk about their COVID experiences, and we begin with three Michelin star restaurant tyroirs Kai Ho, who tells us what navigating COVID-19 was like. The COVID is very, very, very difficult time. We're doing the takeout menu, but not like production. Like we we sell like a hundred, two hundred bucks. You can say we do like a fine dining waste. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, it's it's all the packaging. I choose like a wood box, and uh, everything we are uh, calculated the times. We don't cook like in advance, like a hour before, two hours before. We cook, we cook, we finish the food. So when you bring home, still very hot, and uh, the texture, the everything still looks very nice. Best selling will be the roast chicken. We take a four days. Yeah, so the chicken we fry for one night, and we air dry three days to make the skin very crispy. Yeah, it's it's you think it's crazy, no? <laughs> but during that time, it's a very very good experience because my whole team they know what are we doing now, and uh, they know what I like it and what I don't like it, and the customer they understanding, and we don't and we don't make a lot of money. Luck, timing, and having an understanding group of clients were also key to the success of Henry Gerard's Dida Creamery in meeting the challenges of COVID-19. A famous YouTube channel came to film us a few months before COVID, and it released literally the week that lockdown, the first COVID lockdown, took place. And we had people in masks lined up down the street. It was so popular that it crashed our website, and we couldn't deal with orders until the end of May. Like we were just that backed up. But thankfully, everyone was so patient and just like, all right, we'll wait because we can only process so much a day. So we were doing two, a little over 400 liters a day. That was all we can produce. Food industry entrepreneurs like David Pan of Bebop Ice Cream, who had the resources, also lucked out because the pandemic gave them a chance to think about their product. In the case of Bebop, it's it's very special to me because I did this one with family and friends. I had an idea of what I would like to have. I didn't know if it was achievable. So then, at that point, I asked my sister, and this was during the pandemic. You know, when Taiwan wasn't locked down in 2020, but during 2021, in around May, we got locked down. During that time, my sister was locked up. She doesn't have anything to do. So I bought her an ice cream, you know, homemaker. And I said, try to make this work. And then she took maybe up two months, but then finally hit on the way of making ice cream without cream. 
So then like there are seven founders in the company and they're all friends. And then we kind of did this together. So I think it was because of COVID that, you know, we weren't as busy. So then we could work on this together. And then so actually I would say that COVID created like the hotbed for this to happen. So and because it was friends and family, you could still see each other socially because the lockdown doesn't shut that off. Right. Even though it was long distance and you don't meet as much, but, but we were still working together online. The same could be said of Vegan Joy, whose founder, Irene Liao, took the time to fine-tune her products before releasing them into the market. But her decisions took a financial toll, too. It's taken us a year um, since, you know, registering the company to develop the products and everything, and also the branding. You're burning money every day. Every day. But at the same time, um, because we're in the food business, so for me, there's been a few times where I actually decided to delay the launching date because I wasn't satisfied with the product, whether it's the taste or the texture or even the packaging design, so on and so forth. And, you know, my finance person, she's like, she's like mm, yeah, you need to like, <laughs> are you sure you want to delay again? You know. Mm-hmm. Still, Taiwan's food industry paid a price for COVID. In mid-2022, media reports said the Shilin night market had been hit especially hard. Data from the Ministry of Economic Affairs says revenues for the food and beverage industry declined over a two-year period since 2020, and that industry wasn't alone. The pandemic also amplified financial concerns within the hospitality industry, thanks to the disappearance of international arrivals, which happened almost overnight. Those same financial problems were felt by owners of Taiwan's smaller-scale bed and breakfasts, too. Wayne Wang is the proprietor of Sun Moon Lake's Laurel Villa, who said the pandemic was caused for anxiety. During the COVID-19, yeah, it was hot. Yeah, because no tourists here and uh, we are worried about many things because of the economic and many, many problems came up. While Taiwan's food industry might be on the road to recovery, the same might not be said of its hospitality industry, which is still struggling to make a comeback. Even though back in August, the Tourism Bureau said it was confident Taiwan would hit a target of 6 million arrivals by the end of this year, the hospitality industry now struggles with other concerns, including a manpower shortage. These problems may be temporary, but they're not likely to bring back institutions like the Imperial Hotel, the Sherwood Hotel, the Liu Fu Hotel, and the Ambassador Hotel in Taipei, as well as the Ambassador Hotel in Kaohsiung all of which closed down during the height of the pandemic. And that does it for this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Hope Go. Do join us again next time. Thank you for tuning in.